for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk station. Your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out ShantiGreen.com, click the Amazon link, and shop away to support The Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a ring at any moment during the show. Feel free to give us a call on our uh, Green Room hotline here, 323-203-0815. We are here on LA Talk Radio, and I'm with my left-hand man, the one, the only, Logan Lystico. Logan, thanks for coming in. What it is. <laughs> so what, Logan? Is that what? It, as soon as we have a black guest in, you feel the need to uh, black it up a bit with the No, I always is? black it up. Oh, okay. Half the time. All right. <laughs> Logan, Logan's I, half black. Sometimes I say "woot up" or "holla back." <laughs> I said that before. Yeah. All right. All right. I try I guess. to say something different each time. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll keep. Uh. You know, for those you keeping at home, Logan's used "holla back," but now he. Uh, what it is is his latest intro. Well, <laughs> Logan uh, was joking around that he's half black, but this next man. Not only is he he's fully black, but he's also uh, he's fully hilarious. He's fully the man. He's uh, not only a close personal friend, but also a, a fixture in the L.A. comedy scene. A, you know, a living legend himself. I'd like to welcome, just blew back into town, Mr. Walton Jordan, everyone. Walt, thanks for coming on, man. Yo, what's up, man? How you feel? I'm what feeling is, great, Walt? dude. What it is. Yeah. I'm feeling myself. What it is. <laughs> You're feeling yourself? Not literally. Yeah, but, literally. Oh, literally? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Walt's literally feeling himself. Literally and figuratively. I smell you. <laughs> Logan's keeping it up with the jive talking. Well, Walt, thanks for coming into the program. Um, man, I feel like I... Uh, how long have I known you, Walt? Six years. Six years? Has it been that long? Six I don't know. I feel like I've known you for a while. And uh, I was thinking about the first time I ever met you. First time I ever met Walton was uh, we were hanging out doing an open mic at this place called the Bliss Cafe, and uh, Walton rolls up. He has a plastic bag full of all these miscellaneous Neutrogena products, and he comes up to me. He's like, "Hey man, you want it? You want some uh, Neutrogena face wash?" And I go, uh, "No thanks." He goes, "Oh man, I'll clear your acne right up. Get rid of all that acne." <laughs> like, now I definitely don't want it. Like, hey, I was trying to help the man. <laughs> Jeez, you should fucking see him. <laughs> You're the most combative salesperson I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I was like, well, you don't want any, we'll fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you should work at Macy's, Walt. I can just see you with the little uh, perfume samples. Like, hey, miss, would you like a spray of Calvin Klein? Oh, fuck you, you stanky bitch. <laughs> Goddamn right, man. So, Walt, uh, you've been in the comedy game for a while, but I figure... Uh, you know, the people out in radio land on the internet, you know, I know you well, but I feel like they don't know you well, so I, f- I feel like we just dive into the life story that is Walton Jordan. So, Walt, uh, start us off here. How'd you come into this world? Where were you born? Born in St. Louis, Missouri, Peabody Projects. But I was raised in Spanaway, Washington, with a bunch of rednecks. And, uh... So, wait, what, uh, how old are you? What year were you born? 
70. 70. Man. Nice. So wait, have you had your uh, when's your 40th birthday? My, it was last Monday, the day I flew in, Monday, oh, really? January 4th. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, well, happy 40th, man. Yeah. We'll we need to, to, we need to live it up more. I need so, to get some pussy more. <laughs> Is that, what's your New Year's resolution, Walt? To fuck a lot of whores. <laughs> what about what about How's nice it going chicks? so far, by the way? What about nice chicks? Yeah. I want to fuck them, too. So you want to just be able to get whatever you can? I just want to do whatever the fuck I want to do. When I want to do it, how I want to do it, and I don't want nobody stopping me. I want the world to kneel to Walton Jordan. Do you want them to pray at the altar of Walton Jordan? No, I don't want you to pray to me. You want you to kneel down? No, nah, just give me your fucking money and don't ask any fucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. So now you grew up in uh, Spanaway, Washington. What was it like uh, for Walt Jordan Jr.? What was your uh, family like? What Did you come from a big family? I got four sisters. Four sisters, so you're the only you're, you're the only uh, the son. Yeah, yeah. Now you grew up. It was just your mom, or you? Just my mom. I had never met my dad. Never, never met your dad. No, I'm a straight bastard. <laughs> so you never? Did you ever try to look him up? You ever try to find him? Nope. Just said, hey, he didn't want to know me. I don't want to know him. No, it ain't that. Uh, fuck it. My mom's crazy. I, I just assume that's why he left. <laughs> <laughs> you figure like, hey, if I can't get along with my mom, can't blame my dad. Yeah, you know, I mean, shit, bitch was fucking nuts, man. <laughs> All right, well, we got a, We got a phone call here. I'm going to take this real quick. Uh, caller, you're on the green room. Yeah, hey, what's up, Sean? It's Bill. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, I just want to say uh, welcome back to Walt. Hey, and thanks, uh, I have a question man. for him. Sure, yeah. It, um, I didn't promo that in the beginning, but uh, a part of having Walt Jordan on here, he... We have a little segment that we're going to be doing throughout the program. It's called WWWJD, meaning what would Walt Jordan do? So, Walt, we're going to have people call in, maybe give you a scenario. And, you know, I feel like you got some honest advice. You're not afraid to give people the real, your real opinion. So, uh, Bill, you have a question for uh, Walton? Yeah, I know Walton. He's, he's uh, experienced a lot of different women in the world. And, uh, and my question is, what are the tells or what are the signs to tell? You know, before you hook up with a girl, if she's going to be good in bed, does she have any, uh, uh, you know, things that you should look out for? Actually, I would fuck a dead bitch. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> come on, pussy's pussy, pal. Just snap out of it. Don't. <laughs> you're talking about, oh, will she be a good lay? I don't know. Hey, fuck that, man. You're supposed to be a guy, act like one. You know that's. So you're t- you're tired of all these metrosexuals saying like, oh, I need a girl who knows how to please me. I need a girl who knows the right moves. A real man like yourself, Walton Jordan. It doesn't matter. She's a woman. You're gonna love her regardless. I could be with a beautiful woman one minute and a extremely fat one the next. It's just they both have what I want, pussy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, that's all, all I'm right. looking for. Oh, yeah, that, that uh, opens up my eyes. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks for calling look, in, Bill. Look at things a little differently now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the one time I was talking to Walt, and uh, I forget, we were just talking about women, uh, you know, letting loose about chicks. And I go, yeah, you know, I, I'm not I'm not that particular, whatever. Chicks are chicks. And he, go, he Walt takes this moment, looks me dead in the eye, he goes, you know, Sean, that's real refreshing coming out of a white guy's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, where do we leave off, Walton? You're growing up in Spanaway, Washington. What was your What was your childhood like? What did you get into as a kid? Were you Were you an athlete? You play a lot of sports. 
Were you into school activities? Were you a good student? I wasn't a good student. Played some sports. Hustled a lot. Fucked a lot of sluts. There was a, oh god, there was an abundance of sluts in my high school. <laughs> now what? What do you think and it was? I was? Like I was an anomaly because I was like one of the only black guys there. So it's just like every bitch that felt bad for slavery, I benefited from. <laughs> <laughs> so you felt like growing up in Spanaway, Washington, were you one of the only black kids in the school system? Uh, I mean, I was. There was only a handful of us. So, and I mean, like uh, most black guys where I'm from, they act. They, talk and act really white yeah but uh i don't know i, I started trying to hang with the brothers I, I try to do the uh rich suburban kid thing i guess so wait you did you feel like you tried to act white and it didn't work out and then you said no i mean i used to talk so white at one time in my life wait can you do an impression of how you used to talk really white <laughs> uh when i was a kid i used to be hey guys gee <laughs> Golly, gee willikers, mister. <laughs> and then I got my ass kicked by some black dudes, and they just like, all right, put a little bass in my voice and <laughs> give you that little swagger. Now, why these? Why the black guys beat you up? They said I sounded too white. So they didn't. They didn't like that. So they they beat the white out of you. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now, did you did you enjoy growing up in uh, Spanaway? Did you like the area? Did you did you enjoy it at the time when I was there? No. But when I look back on it, I had the time of my life there. You know, I mean, shit, we had the lake. We had, I mean, we had barn parties. We had, everybody got along, the, the like the rockers, the new wavers, the hip hoppers. We all partied together. We all had a great time. There were abundance, like I said, an abundance of hookers. You know, I mean, just fast-ass girls in my high school. So you kind of had a, you kind of had a, a, you were living in the suburbs, right? The suburban experience? Yeah. What kind of what kind of friends did you have growing up in high school and stuff like that, middle school? What kind of guys do you hang out with? I guess you jocks, I guess. Jocks? Yeah, I guess. Drawn to the athletes. Yeah. Now what uh what happened, you know, all right, take me to Walt Jordan in uh high school. You're you're in high school. What's your you know, are you focused on anything? Do you have any like thoughts of going to college? Were you in Glee Club? <laughs> yeah. Uh no, I didn't have any thoughts of anything, man. All the only thing I thought about was pussy and money, and uh, I was pretty good at getting both. Yeah. Yeah, I was good at making money because I would just. How'd I would, you make How'd you make money in high school? Uh, in high school, I would uh, sell stuff, man. Like uh, I sold like beauty products. I sold uh, <laughs> I sold cologne. I sold perfume. I sold, but you know it. The thing was, like, it's hard to get people to buy that stuff door to door. So the thing I came up with was I would ask for a donation because people are more likely to give you a donation instead of buy the shit from you. So you went up to them and said, uh, did you have, like, a, a rap or something? Did you go Yeah, up I had this whole rap, man. I had this whole routine I would do just to get people to give me money. It was it was beautiful, man, until... Now, wait. All right, so wait. Give it to me. Like, uh, I... I well, the first thing... Knock would, at the door. I open the door. I would come up with a funny name. Okay. Like, I would say, hi, my name is Bobby Githard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then people would just sit there and they'd laugh at me, and I'd just give them this straight face, like, what's so fucking funny? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, it's my fucking name, bitch. You know? Yeah. This is Phil McCracken. I have some beauty products to sell to you. No, I would, well, it just depends. Like, sometimes I sell candy. You know, I would, it just depends on what it, what I had to sell. 
Like I used to sell in my locker, I used to sell shots of Thunderbird and uh, Mad Dog, you know, because I understood that some guys awesome. had to. Man, I wish there was someone like that in my school. Yeah, I don't think anyone sold Thunderbird out of the lockers. Right? Yeah, I sold joints out my locker. I sold shots of Thunderbird and Mad Dog. I sold uh, candy out my locker. I sold. I mean, I was always trying to make money. So you were, uh, you were like a young P Diddy. You were just had. You had your mind on your money, right? Yeah, you had to, man, because I couldn't keep up with the Joneses. I mean, my mom couldn't afford to just give me money to go to the movies like you guys. So you did know. you feel, was there a pressure that you felt? Like you're saying, did you feel pressure? Like, uh, you know, you're hanging out in the suburbs. A, a lot of the kids' families maybe more affluent, you know, had more money and stuff like that. Did you feel like, I got to get money just so I can be a part of this high school experience? You know, to some degrees, yeah. I mean, because it's all about trying to fit in and you got to try to fit in with with the people you're around and uh so yeah there was pressures but you know but people always gave me a pass like i was allowed to go to the movies for free i was allowed to bowl for free i was allowed to you know i mean people they looked out for me man but still i wanted the money in my pocket so so now why do you think you got a free pass why do you think in high school and stuff like that people were willing to like oh hey it's walton because you you kind you know you kind of seem like i mean uh you know Maybe rough around the edges, but I feel like once people get to know you, you you have a certain charm that kind of wins people over. Do you think that's what it was that people saw like, oh, he's a he's a good guy deep down. You know, maybe he's getting into a little trouble, but hey, he's a high school kid, so they they're willing to help you out. Do you think that's what it was, or what do you think? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, you gotta think most of these guys are white. They were probably just trying to stop me from stealing from them. <laughs> so, so they give you stop this nigger in his tracks. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. They just People just did nice things for me because I was a. Uh, they just saw ambition in me, and uh, they just. People wanted to help me, man. It's like I would go to people and I would always talk to them about money and how they could give it to me, and <laughs> I focused on it. And man, I used to have. I wore all the latest gear. I wore, you know what I'm saying. I, in high school, I. I've always had a pocket full of money, like. Like in high school, I didn't know what it was like not to have at least a bare minimum of six hundred dollars in my pocket. So you just kept kept a lot of cash on you. Did you do you felt like maybe there was something that you were you felt like you were missing something so that going out there and hustling up this cash that kind of made you feel more whole. It made you feel felt you make you feel alive. Do you think you were getting that kind of rush from the money? Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, you do what you want, man. You know, you gave you a certain amount of freedom course you know you go into the big city like seattle and uh <clears throat> go out to a dinner meet some girl and be able to take her to a motel or something like that i mean if you have no money you can't do that shit and you're on the outside looking in so you have to make money so I mean, now after after high school what did you i you said you played uh college football at all no, I tried out, but I didn't make team. Oh, okay. So where did you go? Thanks to... for thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't mean to throw you under the bus, Walt. Uh, I'm no I'm no football, college football. I'm no scholastic, uh, you know, athlete myself. So now after high school, what's your first move out of high school? Uh, I got into a car accident. I was actually in a coma for like seven or eight months. Jesus Christ! Wow, what? I didn't know that. So oh yeah, I do I do remember this. Now explain to people what happened. Take us through that night. From what you remember? Uh, it's in a car with a bunch of football guys, and uh, the guy at the steering wheel 
started crying, saying some shit like he's not going to make the team and he's just bawling and he starts saying shit like, uh, I wish I were dead. And everybody starts laughing except for me. I'm like, hey, man, just pull the car over. Yeah. But he starts accelerating, even going faster. But every, we're all fucked up. But I'm telling them, pull the car over, pull the car over. But he gets the car up to like 120 miles an hour and he runs right into a barrier. He hit the barrier so hard it made the engine flip all the way back to the trunk. Jesus Christ. Now, where were you in the car? I was in the back seat. I almost lost my right leg. And so, as far as how you remember it, you're in the car, you're hanging out, like you said, he was crying, he crashed into the barrier. Do you remember the experience of being in a coma at all? Do you have any sort of recollection of what happened? Uh, I was so in and out of it. I remember I woke up when they were putting me in, they put me in the back of the ambulance. Because I remember, I don't even remember the accident. All I remember was seeing a white light. I saw this white light, and I was out. And uh, the guy, he, uh, when I went, when they put me in the ambulance, they were putting a neck brace on me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what was going on. So I just woke up, just like, instantly i just woke up and I, this guy was standing over me so you and, woke up in the ambulance yeah my first reaction was to swing at this guy so i <laughs> took a punch at him and punched him in the face and they like jumped on top of me and they were like sir just calm down and i'm trying to wrestle these guys i'm trying to get up and but they tell me they say just look at your foot because it was like almost gone jesus Christ. and there's just blood squirting everywhere and I look at my foot and I just pass back out and I didn't wake back up. I woke up every time I had to have surgery, but I don't remember even waking up for that. So you were, but you were out for like long periods. So you were, the, the I were coma. in and out of that coma for like seven, eight months. And then wow, what 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 made you come out of the coma? You finally the, what was going on? Was there like head trauma and stuff like that? My nurse has some big tits. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, we got a uh, some looks like someone called in here. Caller, you're on the green room. Hey, what's up? Uh, it's Ryan from Portland. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, uh, man? Hey, I was I'm just in right. Portland. I was just going to ask Walt if he, because uh, he's from the Northwest, right, if he's ever lived in Portland or been to Portland or... Walt, have, what's your experience? Have you been to Portland ever? Yeah, I used to work in Portland. I used to work at Providence, huh? as a matter of fact, in Beaverton. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and... Uh, Portland, you know, it's cool, but it's depressing as fuck with all that rain, man. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> all those fucking wannabe And with hippies. the fucking basketball team getting all injured, and yeah, yeah, I feel you. And lastly, I'm, I'm going to leave you with this, uh, Walt. Uh, what do you think about the whole, like, Jay Leno-Conan thing? All right. Th- uh, thanks for your call, Ryan. Uh, Walt, uh, what's your take on the late-night situation? What would Walt Jordan do if he was the president of NBC right now? He's in charge of late-night. What would Walt Jordan do? I mean, honestly, a commitment's a commitment. I'd have to give it to Conan. I, you know, I, I would just have to. I mean, nothing against Jay Leno. God bless him. He's did it for I don't know how many years. He's a great guy. He's funny. But a commitment's a commitment. I mean, you have to give Conan a shot to... I respect Conan for standing up for himself and not taking the back seat to 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 Leno. But what if you're you're in the position where you're losing all this money all of a sudden because the the viewers aren't there? Would you still would you still just stick it out with Conan and keep losing money? Is Conan not making money? Well, he's doing a lot less uh, ratings than what um, Letterman used to do. I mean, than what uh, Leno used to do. 
Shit, but Leno had to build that show up too, man. I mean, you right. got to give Conan. I mean, they, so here's still a, making a profit technically off of Conan's show, but the problem is they the, ruined the whole lineup. Yeah, but. and they're losing the Letterman by uh, by two million ratings. Here, here's what happened: when they moved Leno to ten o'clock. They set up Conan for failure because, you know, Leno not having a good ratings at 10 o'clock brings down the news, which brings down Conan. Plus, it takes away the whole prestige of having the Tonight Show if you have someone on an hour before who used to host the Tonight Show. I mean, Jay Leno would never have succeeded hosting the Tonight Show if instead of Johnny Carson retiring, oh, hey, Johnny Carson, you're just going to do a 10 o'clock show. Do you think <laughs> yeah. Jay Leno would have succeeded? No, he didn't. No, because Leno's still getting the big guess. You know, when all the biggest guests still went to Leno, there's, you know, backstage, there was still, they had a fight for the bookings and stuff like that. So they put Conan in, in a in a place for failure, and you know now now they're gonna try and put Jay back, but uh, I don't know. I don't think the I think they're gonna lose some of those viewers permanently, and they're gonna have to buy out Conan for his contract. So. Well, I mean, he's got this huge fucking contract. I say let the man play it out for a, for a, for at least a year. Give the man at least a whole year to do his thing. I think they should have just canned Jay Leno. They should have just... Well, I mean, NBC should have said when Conan was trying to get the 1130 show, they should have said to him, Conan, hey, sorry, Leno right now is still number one in the ratings. You can either continue to wait it out till he either decides to retire or he starts losing to Letterman in the ratings. Then we'll put you in. Or... You can go and try your own thing at 11:30, but to to you know kind of they wanted to have their cake and eat it too, and yeah. they got burned. Uh, I don't know, hey dudes over in NBC, fuck them both. <laughs> give Sean Green a chance, okay? That's what I'm saying, man. Give me a chance. All right, well, uh, we have a chance right now to talk about uh, Amazon.com real quickly. Uh, Walt, you do a lot of uh, online shopping. No credit card. No credit card. All right. Well, for those of you in the listening audience who do have a credit card, it's it's easy. What do you do, Logan? What do you do to shop on Amazon? Well, I just go to SeanTGreen.com. Of course you do. the Amazon link. Yeah, and you don't even have to go to SeanTGreen.com all the time. All you really have to do is go to SeanTGreen.com once, click on the Amazon link, and then just bookmark that. And then every time you want to do some online shopping, all you got to do is click that bookmark... And, you know, you're helping out the green room, you know, because uh, we can't do this show without you guys. Uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of compliments. A lot of people really dug the JWoww uh, interview. Uh, you know, that was bringing a lot more people onto the show. So let's keep this thing going. Check the Shanti Green site. Click that Amazon link, bookmark it, and we're good to go. That's all we need. All right. Uh, speaking of the show, Logan. I uh, I think I emailed this to you, but I want to read this. We got our uh, we got a little publicity here from edgypodcastreviews.net. So if you want, they actually do a podcast where they review podcasts. That's the whole point of the podcast. Um, it says uh, the green room with Sean Green deserves the explicit tag. So if you're easily offended, then this podcast may not be for you. First off, I like that. It's like it's like hey, no pussies listen to this podcast. This is a man's podcast. This podcast comes from LA Talk Radio that provides 24-day radio without commercials, although we try to squeeze in commercials. The show employs an intriguing and effective method of bringing traditional radio with the podcast genre. Sean and friends offer solid humor. I'm still kind of offended by solid humor, but solid humor with a stand-up comedian style. Energy is constantly injected into each segment, clearly showing that the hosts 
are more experienced comedians when compared to most shows in the comedy category. All right. Listeners who are interested in behind-the-scenes stories of stand-up comedians will find the green room a must. Football fans will find fellow aficionados in this show. The podcast is filled with professional vocal talent, audio quality, and style of production. So uh, thanks to uh, edgypodcast.net for that review. Appreciate it. Nice. We're back here with Walt Jordan. Feel free to give us a call at any time. Yeah, give us a call, man. For the What Would Walt and Jordan segment do, 323-203-0815. All right, Walt, last we picked up. Uh, so you graduate college. Now, what do you do after that? What's your first real job? Oh, my first real job I ever had in my life was uh, washing dishes. Washing dishes? How was that? Sucked. What, you, what the fuck you think, man? Jesus. So, but I know, but didn't you work? Uh, you worked at some corporate jobs up there, right? In Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Or, never in Washington. Oh, okay. So when did you move to Portland from Washington? Uh, I got a job offer to come in, uh, work at some insurance company, and that's when I moved. I forget what year. It was like in the 90s. So you get a nice job and a nice office. Making a solid paycheck. What was that like for you, Walton? <clears throat> Waking up every day, going to a corporate job. What was it like, you being in a in a corporate environment? I don't know. I used to go down to that guy from uh, Portland. He should know this. I used to go down to Mary's for my lunch break. Mary's is the strip ch- uh, strip club, and I go down there and I don't know, try to just fuck with the whores, <laughs> get a little something to eat. I was always late coming back from lunch. Yeah. Uh, they really liked me though, man. They really like. I, <laughs> they really I, I got an anybody. even better job. I couldn't even believe it. Really? Did, did now, what do you t- think? Why do you think they? Uh, why do you think they passed you? Up? Like, why they give you a promotion? Because I, I really didn't give a fuck. Do you think people respond to that attitude? Uh, you either hate it or you love it. You know, and there was a lot of both. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, con- he's controversial, Walton Jordan. Yeah, it's like you know, it was nothing to see me. At my desk sleeping or <laughs> throwing up in the wastebasket. <laughs> Did you yeah. ever take any coworkers to Mary's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I took girls there. Yeah, would they oh, nice. like that? I don't know. Some of them did, you know. I mean, you know how women are. They're open-minded nowadays. They're not, like, so closed anymore, which is great. You know what I mean? Kids. Right. Open-minded, willing to experiment. So you're up there. You're in uh, Portland working for an insurance company. How do you get down in Los Angeles doing comedy? What's was there a was there a moment where you're like, all right, I'm doing this, I'm going to pursue comedy? Would has comedy been something you'd always kind of have back in your head, thinking? No, like, no, I never thought about comedy a day in my life, man, until uh, I went to my sister's house for dinner because she wanted to talk to me about my drinking because I drink kind of a lot. And so this uh, is a, kind of an intervention, right? I guess I don't know what it was. But her husband comes home, and he's like, hey, man, I'm doing stand-up comedy now. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Ain't nobody <laughs> doing stand-up comedy in fucking Portland, you asshole. <laughs> and, uh, no, no, I'm doing comedy. So he puts in this videotape of him doing stand-up comedy. And it was the worst comedy I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Do you remember any of the jokes he did? Oh, man, he he actually had the nerve to do the, uh, this guy told me he hadn't had a bite all week, so I bit him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no. it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. It was horrible. So that... that And, uh, no, but it just didn't leave my mind. You know what I'm saying? I had a... 
went home to my to my girlfriend at which I was living with, and I told her I was like, "Hey, man, there's this guy. He's doing comedy." I told her it was my brother-in-law's doing comedy. She's like, "Get the fuck out of here," you know. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, "No," nah. I'm like, "Man," I was like, "I can't believe it." And uh, I remember one day, man, I was at work. And uh, we were having a team meeting. My boss said, hey, you coming to the meeting or what? And I said, or what? And I jumped up and I left that office. I went home. I packed a bag. I withdrew all the money I had in the bank. I took me and my girlfriend's money. And uh, the next day I was in California. Living the American dream. Now, what nice. do you... Now, I, I feel like there's got to be something more than just seeing that guy stand up and seeing it suck. What else was going on, do you think, that drove you to just say, just say fuck it to everything and drive out to L.A. to do stand-up? What else was going on? Were you that unhappy? Because yeah. it sounds like you got it all. You got a girlfriend. You got a cushy job. You're throwing up at work. You're going to a strip club. You're telling me that's <laughs> yeah. not the American dream? Why wasn't that enough for Walt Jordan? Uh, to be honest with you, I, could, I don't know, man. I mean, it just wasn't. And just wasn't enough. I never wanted to work a job. I never was one of those kids that wanted to grow up. I remember when I was a kid, man, they literally thought I was retarded because. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so funny. I literally thought I was retarded. They did. They literally thought I was retarded because, you know, like when you're in third or fourth grade and they ask you what you want to be in life. And, you know, most kids give the same fucking answer. I want to be a cop, a fireman or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And every bitch want to be a school teacher and uh, a nurse. Mm-hmm. When it came to my turn, they said, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I just want to laugh. And the lady said, I don't think you understood the question. And I said, I understood. You said, what do I want to do with my life? I said, I just want to be happy. I just want to grow up laughing, smiling. They sent me to a fucking counselor's office. They had to talk to me. They thought I was crazy. Because I gave that answer. Wow, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I think they're crazy for yeah. for sending you off just because you want to laugh. Do you think you've Do you think you've been able to live that life where you just want to laugh? Is it really that easy? Yeah, man, it really is that easy. I gave up on uh, doubting myself. You know, I I don't doubt me anymore. That's why I'm always quick to make people read my stories or. Anything because I don't doubt myself. I know how good it is because I know how good I am. And you know, I know a lot of people they sit around with their head down and they wonder if they could do it. I say stop wondering and just get out there and start trying because you never know what you're capable of until you just go out there and just give it your all. You know what I mean? And if you're giving it your all, you can't lose anyways because you're giving it everything you've got. So it's almost, I, I, yeah, like we're talking about, it's the experience of giving it all that's really what you should be trying to achieve, not necessarily the result. Because if that result was created by not giving it your all or not doing something you're passionate about, getting success that way or being quote-unquote successful from stuff like that, that's going to be not fulfilling. I mean, we we live in Los Angeles here. You see plenty of people with money, fame, you know, traditional things of success, but not necessarily happy because they're not doing it something they're passionate about. Or it wasn't something they had a struggle to do. Like if, if you're just famous for being famous or you're just famous for being hot or whatever, it's not satisfying. You know, the, the human experience is, is something where you work hard. You know, that's something that, um, you know, is kind of built into us that the harder you work for something, the more you value not only where you're going, but the experience. Goddamn right, man. You that's what I'm talking right. about. So now you get you get to L.A. and what do you do? 
Was that your was that really your plan to come down to L.A. to do stand up, or was it to get away from something? My real plan when I came to L.A. was to drink myself to death, but I wanted to have fun while I do it. You know, I wanted to have some fun be- before I died. You know, I mean. So, but now you're saying you wanted to either drink yourself to death or have fun. You know, basically you're just kind of in this place mentally where you're just like, fuck it. Now, what do you think was causing that? What do you think made you? Were you just was it just depression or just you know uh, futility or something that you just weren't weren't satisfied? What do you think brought about that feeling of I should just either just you know go for everything and just if I drink myself to drink myself to death? What do you think brought about that feeling? All right, uh, when I graduated community college and when, once I started working like in a professional setting. That was like what I wanted to do at the time. It was like I thought if I worked at a desk that my life that would be the answer to my prayers. You know, I don't have to be dirty, I wear nice clothes, I can meet, you know, influential people and stuff like that. But the more I was at that desk, man, the more I heard people complain about not doing what they really wanted to do in life. Like you hear people say Oh, I wanted to be an uh, actor. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to play the guitar. I wanted to do so many other things instead of sell insurance or be a part of this insurance company. And it was just like I never understood why people were so scared, scared to just believe in themselves and take that chance. You know, you, you hear people say it all the time, how I wish, I wish, I wish. Well, stop wishing, motherfucker, and start doing because you know what? Wishes only come true if you put a little effort to that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it is, man. So now you're out in L.A. You're trying to drink yourself to death. How's that going? How'd that go for you? Well, I'm sober, so. <laughs> <laughs> so not that good. Not that good, man. You're living. Now, how'd you get, what'd you do when you got here? How'd you get into comedy? How'd you start interacting with people? Uh, When I first got to L.A., man, I would just be the guy walking down the street with the fifth in my hand, just fucked up just laughing and joking and uh winded up going to the comedy store found out the nights for the open mic said fuck it i got a few stories to tell but i was so drunk on stage man <laughs> just, hey, yeah yeah let me tell you something else <laughs> so yeah. that was your that was your first foray into stand-up was just getting really drunk and just and just telling stories yeah, and the fucked up thing about it was people said they liked it, so I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember one story you told about um, going to meet your grandma for the first time. Do you oh, remember that story? Fuck yeah. How'd that go down? Uh, The first time I went to go meet my grandmother, I was an adult. And uh, I never met the woman, so I didn't know what to expect. You know, I grew up in the suburbs. All my friends' grandmother either knitted sweaters or baked cakes and pies or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I went to go visit my grandmother, and uh, I remember this lady had came over to the house. And so you're, you're down there visiting your grandma, right? Yeah. I can't, and I guess this lady's just being nosy, just trying to find out who I was. Because mm-hmm. she came to my grandmother's house, and she said, Miss Louise... I haven't forgot about that money I owed you. I just wanted you to know I haven't forgotten. I just wanted to come over and let you know that. And my grandma said, oh, don't you worry about that, baby. You come on in here. And as the lady walked into our house, my grandmother walked out. And the lady came in and took a seat. My grandmother came back in with a brick. 
and threw the brick at the lady's head and hit her right in the middle of her fucking forehead and said, bitch, do you think I'm playing about my money? <laughs> what? <laughs> now, how old was oh my God. How old was your grandma when she did this? Oh, man, senior citizen, I, I would imagine. I mean, my grandma was one of those mean women. I mean, she was just fucking mean for no reason, Sean. I mean, she literally, when she died, she took, she had all her money. Put it like this: When she died, she took all the bedding, all she took all the sheets and stuff like that off of her bed. Uh-huh. Put all her money on top of the bed, got butt naked, and laid on top of the money and died. <laughs> so she knew that she was gonna die, but she was just this old cantankerous woman. Put all her possessions and literally tried to take her money with her. Literally, like you're gonna get this money. It's gonna be over my dead body but you know i'm a nigga man we didn't have no problems washing that money off you know (laughs) (laughs) that didn't slow you down one bit no we had a good time at the mall that day yeah yeah um all right so uh now you're you're out here in la doing stand-up how how's how's your experience been how long you've been out here six years seven seven years yeah how is it living in la chasing the dream you had that fire in your stomach to not live life doing something you don't want to do. You've been out here grinding away. How does it feel? feels good, man, because I've learned so much. I've learned how to act. I've learned how to do comedy. I've even learned how to write, and I never thought I could do that in a million years. And, uh, man, it's, you know, L.A. is a freedom, man. I mean, it's a lot of Hollywood motherfuckers out here, you know, like you said. Right, but for the most part, man, L.A. There's a freedom out here you you can't explain. The sun is always shining. There's beautiful women everywhere. You're an hour away from the ocean. You're an hour away from the mountains. I mean, L.A. has everything and more. I mean, it's just dreams come true out here, man. Plus, you're close to Tijuana. You ever you ever shoot down to Tijuana, Walt? Uh, numerous times. <laughs> numerous times. They they refer to me by name out down there. What do they call you down in Tijuana? <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a good time down in Tijuana. Yeah. Boy. All right. Well, I, I got some, um, you know, I always enjoy hearing your take on stuff. So I'll just throw out some current event stuff, just some stuff that's going on in the news, um, you know, that's always pertinent. And, you know, just give me your take on it. What do you think of uh, Barack Obama so far, people electing Barack Obama? I don't think about him. You don't think about him? None of my fucking business what that man does. It's none of your business? Nah, I didn't vote for him. You know, I mean, uh, Barack, I mean, fuck. I mean, he's a good guy, I guess. I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm not one of those kind of guys that get a gut feeling about somebody and say, oh, that's a great guy. I'm not going to see a guy on TV and come up with the conclusion that that's a great guy. Fuck that guy. I don't know that guy. It's like me saying... Oh, I've seen Denzel in a bunch of movies. He's a great guy. I don't know Denzel Washington. I don't know Jay Leno. I don't know any of the motherfuckers, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't form opinions about them. Those are just guys doing what they got to do so they can feed their families. The only person I really worry about in this world is myself, man. And that's something nobody could ever take take away from me. You know what I'm saying? If we want my vote, give me some money. That's the only <laughs> way you get me. That's all you can do? What do you think about uh, Mark McGuire, steroids? What's your take on that? Dude's a winner. You know what I'm saying? You ask the man to win, he found a way to win, and then when he starts, and then 
he doesn't win the way you guys want him to win, and then you want to criticize the guy. I mean, this guy can't win for losing. And you put too much pressure on these athletes to be great. And then when they do something to try to be great, then you want to discredit them. I, I think it's bullshit, man. I just think it's total, total bullshit. Because you ask these men not to grow up. You ask them to be kids forever by playing this game. And, but then, yet, and uh, then yet you want them to act like adults. I mean, I yeah. think it's just bullshit, man. I think Mark McGuire is a great guy. He broke the home run record. Steroids cannot make you hit a ball. And I, period. This is I a never did in my life. But we're sitting here talking about it. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I have to. And I apologize to everybody in Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's a pussy for crying. My family. <laughs> Ameris's. Feel free to give us a call, 323-203-0815. If you got a question for Walt, you want Walt's take on it. Uh, caller, you're in the green room. Hello? They hung up. Hello? No. Yeah, if I, I just dropped the call. Feel free to call back. Uh, we got Walt and Jordan hey. here. Walt, where can uh, you're talking about your writing a lot. Where can uh, people check out your writing? At googleblogger.com. Googleblogger.com, and then what do you su- you search uh, Walton Jordan? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, whoops. Um, so you search Walton Jordan there in Google Blogger, and you can check out all your writings. Yeah, he's got a lot of a lot of short stories that are really interesting. Uh, I got some other texts coming in. Uh, what's your take on nerds, Walt? I know nerds are becoming popular, like it's the hip new thing <laughs> with technology to become a nerd. What's your take on nerds, Walt? Well, when I was a kid growing up, you know, they were nerds. <laughs> but now, you know, you, you become a grown man. You realize these are the motherfuckers you need to work for. So you got to kind of sit back and say, yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> Even if you don't think it's cool. You just, <laughs> wow, you're into quantum fixes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Because you need Can those motherfuckers, man. Yeah, they're getting it yeah. done. They'll get it done. They're getting all the girls now. They figured out. They're like, why should we take a backseat to all these assholes? They they figured out how to make themselves leading men in movies. I mean, that's fucking brains right there. That takes a lot. Go from, uh, you know, fixing computers to starring in uh, major motion pictures. Now, what's your take on uh, health care? I don't know. I don't go to the doctors. You don't go to the doctor at all? I mean, when I'm, like, really fucked up, I do, but... I always give my alias name because I can't afford the bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. Now, what's, uh, let's see, legalizing marijuana. What do you think? Uh, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You'd support that measure? I would support anybody who supports that measure because, I don't know, I love weed, man. I, I love it. I love being high all the time. It's just It helps me with my writing. It helps me with my comedy. It helps me, period. And some people say, oh, no. Hey, check this out, man. You're not going to listen to uh, Led Zeppelin if they were only sipping on water. You know what I'm saying? No, you want them guys to drop a little LSD. You want. Trust me. Richard Pryor wouldn't have never been funny if it wasn't for the drugs. George Carlin wouldn't have never been funny if it wasn't for the drugs. You need us sad, depressed motherfuckers to be high so we can entertain you. You know what I'm saying? So you're thinking that drugs, just like uh, drugs help athletes and steroids, you think drugs are part of the creative process? That you shouldn't be judged. You're an artist. It's part of it's part of being a depressed kind of artist. I uh, if it's 
harming you and yours, there's a problem. You know, but if you're like like I only smoke weed. Yeah. It hasn't harmed anything. You know, as a matter of fact, is I've never thought I could write. And I get high and I can write some of the most beautiful shit, man. I mean, do I get to read some of my shit on air or what? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but um yeah, make sure you check out Walt's uh, website, the, the blog, so you can read his stuff. All right, we got a uh, caller calling in here. Caller, you're uh, you're on the green room. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? Not much, not much. I just... Oh, oh sorry. All right, uh, caller, you're on the green room. Sean? Yeah, what's up, man? You're in the green room. Hey, buddy. We on, the, we on now? Yeah, we're on. Oh, perfect. Is Walt in the studio? Yeah, Walt's still here. All right, great to hear. Uh, well, one of the questions that uh, we were talking about since uh, Walt is big, big pimp, one of the big things I want to know about is why do black men love white women? All right. We'll, ask, we'll, we'll get Walt's take on that for you. Sorry, that's pretty noisy. Uh, Walt, why do you think it is uh, black guys are attracted to white chicks? Uh, I'm attracted to white chicks because they have pussies. Uh, but then again that's why I'm attracted to black women Asian women that bitch could be purple man I wouldn't give a fuck I, I'm like Captain Kirk man I will fuck damn near anything if a bitch had <laughs> wait yeah, is that Captain good, Kirk oh man he fucked purple and green bitches on that <laughs> show man you know what I'm saying I mean if a bitch told me her pussy was up under her arm I would spend the whole night trying to get her to raise her hands so, but do you think it's anything particular with black guys that they're attracted to white chicks? Do you think it's a there's a racial component to that, or you think? I can't speak for them, man. Uh, you like what you like, man. There's white guys. Shit, fucking Robert De Niro, or is that his name? De Niro. He only dates black women. I don't know, man. I mean, I you just know. like what you like, and you don't knock it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I just like women. Period. I like all types of women. There's not. So you just like women. All right. I just love women, man, period. They're Caller, beautiful. you're on the air. You're in the green room. Hey, what's going on, Sean and Walton? Hey, what's Yo, up, what's man? good, buddy? Not much, not much. Yeah, Walton, I feel like your time in uh, San Francisco might have softened you a little. <laughs> oh, is that what you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. The Walton, I remember, is the kind of guy who would never pass up on the opportunity to call a nerd a nerd. <laughs> now he's got all this respect for nerds. Hey, it's those nerds that, sh- that that helped me with my writing when I was in San Francisco, man. And they showed me so many different kind of things, man. It was just, I mean, it was just awesome hanging out with them. It was just, it was, it was, it was life changing. It was weird, you know, because they they accepted me in for who I was. And uh, you can't beat that with a Batman. I mean, it's a beautiful thing for when people accept you. You don't even have to worry about changing you. Sometimes you might know a person for like 10 fucking years and still have no idea who the fuck that person is. So these nerds just accepted the real Walt? Yeah, they love me, man. I mean, they couldn't get enough because I speak the truth, man. I spit hot fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How does does the average pizza delivery guy feel about Walt Jordan? The average pizza delivery guy? Yeah. I I don't know. I guess he's hoping he's getting a tip. Ah. 
I was trying to. Help, I was hoping to segue into the the great story of uh, Matt. Of you. Matt is uh, trying to bring up the stories where he used to tell us about you uh, robbing pizza delivery guys. <laughs> oh, you guys want that story? Yeah, take us back to what it was yeah. like to rob a pizza delivery guy. Uh, me and my friends used to take turns robbing pizza delivery guys. <laughs> now, how did that go? How did you guys decide whose turn it was to rob the pizza delivery guy? Uh, I don't. I think we used to draw straws or some shit like that, man. <laughs> And well, whatever, man. But one day it was my turn to rob the pizza delivery guy, and uh, so we did the old fake address. And you know he drives out, and there's this just this humongous, huge white boy, just muscles everywhere. And uh, I walked up to him and I said, "Hey, man, just give me the pizzas and just get out of here." And he's like, oh, "I'm not giving you shit." And he starts taking off his jacket. And he says, "I think." <laughs> He said, I think you're going to try to have to try to take these pizzas. I started laughing, and I said, you must didn't read your manual, buddy. <laughs> so and this it, guy's ready to throw down for yeah. these pizzas. Did you have anything on you? Were you able to actually rob them, or you just... No, you I just... just chum no, up some no, 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 just complete conversation, man. Just I told him that he didn't read his handbook, and I told him it says in the handbook, that when getting robbed, just relinquish whatever the robber asked for and then go back and report it. And I said, did you read that part in your handbook? And he was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I said, well, now give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like that's a uh, that's a great line to go out on. Give Walt Jordan the money. Give him the respect he deserves. Check out his website on the Google blogging. Search uh, Walton Jordan there. And uh, he's on Facebook. You can look him up there. You can uh, add on to his Facebook and figure out where he's going to be playing stand-up around town. And Logan, uh, you want to take us out with a haiku, buddy? Let's do it. All right. Walt just wants to laugh. It really is that simple. I'd fuck a dead chick. <laughs> All right, good wrap-up on the show. Uh, well, you have one more thing? No, I just want to say thank you, Sean, for letting me come here, man. I hope to come back. Thank you, Logan. All right, well, yeah, we'll thank definitely you have you back on again. I feel like I could... Uh, just barely scratch the service of the man that is Walton Jordan. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We're here every Thursday night, 8 o'clock, on L.A. Talk Radio, and uh, that'll do it for this program. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com. And subscribe to the show today now on iTunes.